People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome back, wrestling fans, uh, to another edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am your co-host, Joe, and I am here with Matt. What is going on, Matt? What's going on? Uh, Matt and I have been under the weather for a majority of two weeks, so there was no episode last week. Um, And bear with me, I sound like complete crap right now. (laughs) So, it is Matt, it is me. (laughs) Uh, It... Having the flu sucks. That's, yeah. that's all I can really say about uh, that situation. This is why I don't kiss and tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, currently, we always have wrestling on in the background. And uh, currently, because of streaming issues that I was having, we are catching up on the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard that took place in Madison Square Garden over uh, WrestleMania weekend, and one of my favorite performers is now on uh, color commentary, Caprice Coleman. I yeah. fucking love that guy. I don't know why he doesn't wrestle anymore, um, but Jesus, I wish he would. I think he makes an awesome fucking heel. We're in the midst of, of the G1 Supercard uh, at Madison Square Garden, and so far it's been a pretty solid show. Yeah, I'm not surprised that... At, the way they've approached the lineup or anything like that. And so far, I, 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 re- I like what has gone on. Um, again, you know, I'm watching this for the first time. But um, yeah. minus minus what's going on right now with this uh, this MC coming to the ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty decent. This is my second time watching it. I watched it live. Um, I was cooped up in the house. What better way to heal the flu than with some good old-fashioned wrestling? I'm gonna let Joe watch as we as we talk about other shows <clears throat> over the weekend that took place. But again, guys, this is this is such a huge deal. I mean, we kind of nonchalantly threw it in there from Madison Square Garden, but this is G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden, the first show since 1960 to not be produced by a McMahon-owned wrestling company. I mean, that is, is unbelievable. I, I sat down with my daughter. Uh, we attempted to watch this. Again, mm-hmm. we were having streaming issues at the house. But I sat I sat her down, and you know, she wanted to know the significance of the show, why it was such a big deal, uh, as opposed to any other co-branded show. And I told her. And she, uh, she was, like, her jaw dropped. She was like, I can't believe... Like, this is a part of history. This is, you know, this is great. But then she was really saddened because yeah. we couldn't fucking watch the show. So, um, yeah, her and I are going to have to catch back up and watch it all over again, which I, I fully intend on doing. But, uh, yeah, uh, just a really, really important fucking show to be happening at all. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, folks, this was, this was kind of... Um, a relatively last-minute show, also because once they got the initial go-ahead, yep. the WWE tried to um, essentially legally block them from having the show, 
and then Madison Square Garden also got involved at at some point, and uh, you know they, it was ruled in favor in favor of Ring of Honor that yes they you know they were under a binding contract and it couldn't be taken back. So this is kind of a bittersweet moment uh, in, in professional wrestling where it's great that the show is going on and it, yeah. and it definitely took place, but under the circumstances like they they weren't necessarily wanted there. Yeah. So it. it it's probably going to be a really long time before we see something like this ever happen again, which is a fucking shame. It is a shame. Um, real quick, though, and this is this is all rumor right now, and I don't want to dive too much into rumors for this particular episode, but there are, there's already inklings that AAA is going to be headlining Madison Square Garden by next year. That would be awesome. <clears throat> so I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's, that's right now what's going on in, in the wrestling world right now as far as rumors but regardless even if this is a one and done thing this is such a huge win for pro wrestling again madison square garden is the world's most famous arena as it's called it's a place where a lot of these guys a lot of these guys are from the east coast and they've seen wrestlers uh, wrestling shows at the garden but never performed there so even if it's a once in a lifetime thing it was a cool moment to, to be able to witness it. Uh, my biggest disappointment is the fact that I didn't get tickets. You know, I, I wanted to get tickets. They sold out real fast. I wanted to be a part of the show. Th- this right here, not NXT, sure as hell not WrestleMania, not anything else. This was going to be my ticket to New York. Had, had I gotten tickets to this show, I would have. I would probably would have done the whole WrestleMania experience. But. Uh, that's how big that's how big it was and for me they delivered and again I'm gonna let Joe watch it a little bit more um, before we talk about it more in detail so instead of talking G1 as we watch it we're gonna talk about something that took place the night before NXT 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 always start to show off on a good note right that's that's what you should always want to do and on Friday April 5th in Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, there was a show called NXT Takeover New York, and it featured five matches. <clears throat> and I, before we talk about it, mm-hmm. before we talk about it, you know me, I'm a guy that has the balls to make bold statements. <laughs> yes. <Okay? laughs> I challenge any wrestling show, both. Like from from now until the end of the year, to top what I saw on Friday night. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, you know, NXT out of the entirety of of the the lifespan of NXT, I have only been underwhelmed once. Yeah, and it was a it was a pay per view that happened uh, a couple months ago. January pay-per-view in Phoenix. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was it was kind of underwhelming. It wasn't uh, a completely bad show, but it was definitely uh, underwhelming for NXT. Right, absolutely. You you watch any takeover uh, that they've done, and and let's face it, any TV that they've done, and you have a really solid product ninety nine percent of the time. Now yeah. I understand you can't get it right a hundred percent of the time. That's asking for perfection, and let's face it. There's a lot of things that can go wrong at any given moment. Yeah. But this this was probably um I, I let me let me go back. 
this definitely was and is the show to beat this year right now yeah you can't you can't ask for anything more in a wrestling match and i started watching it with my daughter and she and i both looked at each other when they announced that there was only 5 matches and you think wow there's only 5 matches and you go and you you watch it and it ended up being like a 3 hour pay-per-view yeah lower 3 hours and um it like I wanted more. I wanted mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more. Yeah. It went it went by so quickly. She she was a little under the weather. She she ended up falling asleep on me. But I I was so consumed in it. It had me. Um, and, and even I, I'm not a big fan of Johnny Gargano. Um, I I I think he's an awesome wrestler and 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 everything like that. But uh, him in the main event. And and just uh, the, the build up to that match, you know, you had uh, you had Adam Cole call him, you know, John <laughs> Johnny Gargano was calling himself um, Johnny Takeover, yeah. and Adam Cole kept calling him Johnny Participation, yeah. and I, I was like, this is going to be great, <clears throat> and they did not disappoint. I was really really impressed with Johnny Gargano's uh, in ring performance, and I think that match went over be- better than I had expected it to go over. Um, two out of three falls for those guys. It's something that they normally don't do. And um, it, it was great. It was great. And uh, I, I still don't know how I feel about him being champ. Um, it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. because I I myself, I don't, I don't think I've... I don't think I've ever seen Johnny Gargano as a heel as heavyweight or as NXT champ so this should be pretty interesting and I, I, I definitely look forward to it since we went straight to the main event um, I'm just going to throw this out there right now another bold prediction coming here alright <clears throat> Adam Cole Johnny Gargano two out of three falls potentially for me it's going to go down as match of the year um, wow <clears throat> it was and, and I'm going to explain exactly why I, I, I say that very rarely in professional wrestling does everything get handled perfectly. What you said in the beginning, <clears throat> the build-up, spot on. I felt the same way. Going into this match, I'm a huge Adam Cole fan. You know, Adam Cole, baby. I love that guy. You know, I, I, I was rooting for him. I wanted Adam Cole to win the title. So did I. <laughs> you know, knowing in the back of my mind that they were building up Johnny Gargano as... The, the underdog story. I wanted to see Adam Cole win the title. I'm low. There's a little um, before all this. There's a little bit of, of of issue that I had with Johnny Gargano. Really, not necessarily his fault, but how they've handled the character because he went from babyface to heel, the babyface to heel. Now he's the babyface again. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be. You know what he's gonna be tomorrow, but. Um, <clears throat> You know, but he's the underdog going into this. And Mauro Ronaldo, who is a diehard wrestling fan, he's a, he's a super geek when it comes to this stuff. He called the perfect match, in my opinion. Every spot, and this is why I hate guys like Michael Cole and Corey <laughs> Graves, because every spot where you have an opportunity to tell the story, Mauro Ronaldo did not miss a beat. Not at all. I remember perfectly when Adam Cole got the first pinfall uh, his only pinfall 
and now he's up one nothing, and immediately Johnny or excuse me, Marlonalo says Johnny Gargano is now in sudden death. And immediately didn't miss the, all everything that he that he that he was building up to, immediately went straight to Johnny Gargano and the uphill battle that he was facing. That's what that was what this was what this whole match was about. It was the uphill battle. Gargano and, and Cole knew that Gargano was going to win this match. They they had that planned out, okay? So how do you tell the story? Do you go out and just have a, a really good match? Sure, that would have been fine. I would have loved that. But instead, what you tell is the impossible story of this guy who is now down one nothing. You also bring up the fact that it, it, during the, the pre-match... You know, they point out the fact that Gargano's only won one time in the past year at TakeOver events. And Nigel McGuinness pointed out very, you know, multiple times that, you know, he has to win two times in one night instead of, you know, when he's only won one time in, in, in 12 months. I mean, everybody did their job that night. And once it was 1-1, that's when things got really interesting. And you saw near fall after near fall after near fall. Gargano being re- resilient, kicking out of every single thing that was that, that Cole threw at him, and then the undisputed era came out, and they completely decimated Gargano to the point to where there's no way he's gonna kick out. There was no there was no gap in between the 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 finisher that they did with O'Reilly and 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 Fish. So as a fan, I'm thinking to myself, man, they, they really might end it like this, and they count and boom, he pick, kicks out again. And then he Cole hits him with another finisher, the same finisher that he beat him in the first fall, and immediately covers him, and boom, he kicks out again. And it's just like, at this point, this doesn't happen to me very often. At this point, I actually it was by the by the second fall, I actually I changed my mind. I wanted Gargano to win the match. Okay. <laughs> I bought I bought into the story. I bought into it because it was done so well. And those guys just, they had me at the edge of my seat the entire fucking time. And it was just perfect storytelling while also having an amazing match on top of that. I mean, it was, it's something that doesn't get to happen very often. And and then beyond all that, what you have is a commentator that does not miss a beat in telling the story even more. He didn't miss a beat, and I, you know, I I didn't change my mind. I wanted Cole to win, and I just I was I'm a sellout. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> I I was just shocked. I was so shocked. I my jaw literally dropped, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I like I got out of my seat. Like I was excited. Like God damn it! Yeah. Like what the fuck yeah. is going on? You know. And uh, I'm I'm surprised I didn't wake my my daughter up. She was right. Dude, she was sleeping right next to me. It was insane. It was a fucking I, I, I insane had a, match. I had a blast watching that show, and and that main event was something else. Jesus, I was on my floor. I I was I was I couldn't do this. I couldn't fucking hang anymore. My dogs <laughs> are going fucking wild. I'm on the fucking floor. I I just like I've lost. I lost my will to stand up. Like I'm so fucking. I I want Gargano to win this match. I want it so bad now. And when he finally got Cole to tap out again, I was like, oh my god, they 
They fucking did. They wrote the complete story. Listening to Mauro Ronaldo call a match, especially that match, it reminds me of watching an NBA Finals match. Mm-hmm. Because you have those announcers, they're legitimate sports announcers. Yeah. You have those announcers, and they also tell the story. Um, especially during the NBA Finals, where there is so much drama, there's so much tension, and they realize that that's a part of their job. They have to yeah. tell that story. They have to sell you that that tension, that emotion, as part of as part of the the experience. Yeah. And so, if you know, if you're a basketball fan and you're watching the finals, and you know it's you know game seven or, or what have you, you. you more often than not, you find yourself completely enthused and drenched in the moment. You're waiting for that big shot. You're waiting for, you know, people to foul out. You're 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 basically on your your the edge of your seat yeah. the entire time. <clears throat> and that's what Mar Ronaldo does, not only for the NXT brand, but sports entertainment in general. Bellator he, and, he brings yeah. such a fucking level of legitimacy. That you can't yeah. you can't get by by half assing it, and I I I hate to say this, but one, I the selfish part of me doesn't want him to go anywhere else. Oh no, in no. sports entertainment. Yeah, but I could see if if something to were to arise and they they have some sort of a gigantic change on color commentary, and they have him back doing you know. Um, Major pay per views right. that are not NXT, mm-hmm. look out because he's gonna he's gonna fucking steal Michael Cole's job as he should as he should yeah. he should be the fucking guy. This is the guy. That, if if you're a sports entertainment company, okay, you're not Ring of Honor or you're pro wrestling. You don't want to use the term pro wrestling. You want storytellers, okay? Why wouldn't you want a guy that can tell stories? He, that's what he does. I mean, I'm sure he's got somebody at Gorilla helping him out along the way, or or at least talking in his ear. But it's like he doesn't need to be told, "Hey, this happened, so make sure make sure you hit on this point." He fucking knows it because he's a fan of the product. I think. Well, I think that that also contributes to the NXT experience, where you you have those guys. They obviously they have a color commentary team, just like uh, Raw, SmackDown, and what have you, but. They are a lot less produced. Yeah, yeah, um, that's you know, and that and that makes all the difference. It really does. But yeah, NXT was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, one of the matches I definitely looked forward to uh, out of the entirety of the show was uh, Matt Riddle versus Velveteen yeah. Dream because yeah. let's face it, Velveteen Dream, he he has it. He. I, I I can't wait. I cannot wait for the day that his contract is up and he has the opportunity to go elsewhere. I really hope he does because he can he can go anywhere. He understands pro wrestling and sports entertainment so much so that if he went and left and he went to AEW or New Japan or Ring of Honor or or Impact he would be a major player right away. There's no doubt about it, hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Mar- again, going back to Mauro Ronaldo, he put it best. Uh, he's uh, Velveteen Dream is one of those performers where he has he has 
done all the emulating yeah. of, of past legends. You know, he has a bit of Macho Man in him. He has a bit of Hulk Hogan in him. He, you know, and you get to see it in the ring, but he makes it all his own. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for guys to get it that young. Yeah. You don't get to see that very often. For him to do that, him him to make it his own, the mind, the wrestling mind of that man is is pure fucking genius. So anytime, whether there's a title on the line or not, anytime you get to see Velveteen Dream in that ring, you're witnessing fucking greatness. <clears throat> that that's my <clears throat> bold statement for <laughs> for the episode. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for for me, it's always intriguing because. I go back to when I describe Velveteen Dream and I, and I introduce Velveteen Dream to somebody new. Two matches that come to mind. Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yeah. Those two matches, if they don't sell you on Velveteen Dream, you should never watch wrestling again. <laughs> it's, I mean, he he's 23 years old. Yeah, that's and it's he scary. It's scary crazy to think that he's only 23. This is what happens when a super fan becomes a professional wrestler. Yeah. And and that's what he is. That's what he that's what he's always been. Um <clears throat> go back to the days of when he was on Tough Enough as Patrick Clark. You know, he is a guy that understood the business. I mean he was a wrestling historian, encyclopedia, and it makes sense that he, he carries that in his character and it works. And what I love about Velveteen Dream, the reason why I brought up those Alistair Black and Ricochet, is because now you bring in Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world right now. And Velveteen Dream, he has this ability to not only adapt to your style, but he knows how to beat you with your style. And that's something that I don't think I've seen in a long time. I haven't. I, I, I could tell you that right now. It, it just doesn't exist these days. And when he did it to Ricochet, I, I go back. I don't remember <laughs> what episode it was on, but one of our previous episodes... We covered that match. Yeah. And and I told I told you then, I'm going to tell you now. They went into that match. I went into that match, and I was like, how the hell is this going to work? Because I wasn't so sure that these guys could pull it off. Yeah. And he told Ricochet before the match, I'm going to take your style, and I'm going to use it against you. And I'm like, is he being literal? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure. And then he did. He yeah. went and did it. He went and he took... He became Ricochet, mm-hmm. and he beat Ricochet with his, with his own shit. It's, it, it's, yeah. it was fucking crazy. That's not supposed to happen, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the, 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 the type of monster that is Velveteen Dream, and god damn, I'm so happy that he's still on NXT while he's contracted by WWE. Um the match, I love the match. I it was great back and forth. And, it was. and again, he he took Matt Riddle to a, a, a place that I haven't seen Matt Riddle go in a long time. And I've watched, I've been watching Riddle for a number of years now, and I've seen people take him to his limit. Keith Lee is one of them, but Velveteen Dream had was is a totally different monster that I don't even know if he was ready for. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, uh, and. Uh, and Velveteen Dream wins the match, retains the North American uh, Championship, which I'm glad because he needs a, a long reign for, with that belt. Absolutely. Um, so, but yeah, it, that was an absolutely amazing match. Um, there's one that I think you, you and I are both intrigued with. 
Uh, it involves uh, the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Pete Dunne, who came in... Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pete Dunne, who came in as the longest reigning champion... 685 uh, days. Yeah. Current current champion for any bout in WWE. Take that, Brock Lesnar. And he's going one-on-one with a guy by the name of Volter. <laughs> What was your take going into this match? What did, what did you expect? What kind of... First of all, because I had the flu, um, yes. I was a bit out of sorts, obviously. Okay. And so, like I had told you before we started recording, my mind really wasn't anywhere near wrestling. So when I finally realized, like, hey, I can sit and watch shit from the weekend, and I probably should, uh, we'll start with NXT... Right. And I couldn't remember everybody who was on the card. So when they started doing the the promo package for this this match, yeah, oh my god, like my dick got hard. <laughs> no bullshit. I was like, holy shit, I can't. I'm dude. This yeah. is this is the juiciest piece of steak I'll ever fucking eat. I mean, and normally the WWE has their video packages and they're fucking super spot on. Yeah. Um. I noticed one little thing, and I'm, pro- you know, you can call me out on it if you want. Okay. But <laughs> you're trying to sell that this match hasn't happened before. Yeah. And what do they show during the package? Clearly, they tried to edit it out, mm. or like they tried to keep his face uh, from being in the shot. But there's clearly a. a, a <laughs> An instance of Volter versus I, yeah. Pete Dunne. You're not the only one I caught that. In the video yeah. package. And I'm like, that's, he's got the same fucking singlet on. Yeah. Like, who else could it be? Okay, but this hasn't happened before. Yeah. Sure. All right. But uh, regardless, um, I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't fucking wait. I couldn't believe that um, this match was placed where it was on the card at first. And I'll get mm. back to that later. But... Uh, man, to tell you that I was excited is a fucking understatement. Like, I, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for something like this, uh, in NXT. So, when, uh, when, when Walter got signed by WWE, I texted you immediately, and we were both pretty upset. Yeah, we were. Because, you, you know, the, you... Granted, it's NXT, but, like, goddamn, you know, yeah. like, his time's limited now. Mm-hmm. Like, how long are they going to keep him there? It's it's going to be, well, I don't want to get too much into that right now. But, but yeah, we I was upset. I was upset by that. And my question was, what limitations is he going to have on his style? <clears throat> For those who don't know or ever seen a Volter match... I highly suggest you get on it because it is <laughs> it is very it's cringeworthy and by that I don't mean that he's a bad wrestler not 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 in the least it's cringeworthy because he is a very violent very strong style type maneuvers for those who try to put that in perspective as far as the types of hits very roughneck style wrestler and, and on top of that you also have powerhouse. You also have a little bit of aerial combat. I mean, he's a guy. When when you say that it's unfair, that that guy, you know, like in, in video games, we call a character like that broken. 
<laughs> How do you beat him? He's got all the, the moves. That's a broken character. Walter is a broken wrestler. How do you beat somebody that can beat the shit out of you, that can fly around the ring, that can out-wrestle you? Yeah, he's insanely agile for his size. He They book, they build him as 295 pounds, and he looks every bit of it. Yeah. But... He shouldn't be able to get around that quick for being two ninety five. Fast as can be, yeah. I mean, it is, and it's, and he, and on top of that, he can go the distance. <laughs> he, he, you know, this he's ain't got, he's got stamina, man. Jesus, this ain't a Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman storyline here, where they, you know they can go for eight minutes and that's it. You know, he's barely getting started at in eight, in eight minutes. I mean, it is scary. And then you have Pete Dunne, who. He's the bruiserweight. I mean, he is as tough as they come, a very unique style in his own right. You put them together, and you're going to... What I expected was the most beautiful train wreck you could ever imagine. (laughs) I I mean, that is... And that's that's what I feel like I got. I mean, these two absolutely beat the ever living shit out of each other. And when I... And here's the thing. Walter has these these chops, and he will fuck your chest up. Taught to him by the legendary Kobashi, by the way. And uh, again, that's another guy. If you don't know who we're talking about, look him up. There's YouTube footage. And what I what I explain to people is when when people do chops, a lot of times they rear back, and they try to swing as hard as they can. Walter is one motion. Yeah, there he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't rear back like everyone else. Yeah, it's it's, it's straight. It's forward. straightforward, and and you're like, you don't have time to prepare for it. No, you don't. <laughs> and and even when you think you do, you don't. You know, we've seen people try to you know brace for it, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it never matters. Like he still fucks you up bad. <laughs> um, that match was just insanely good. And again, you you have uh, you almost have like a David versus Goliath thing going on because Walter's so big compared to Pete Dunne, and you're like, how the fuck is Pete Dunne going to even remotely function in this match? But he did, and they they pulled it off without a fucking hitch. Yeah, um, I'm I'm never crazy about a big guy uh, going to the top top rope and and trying shit, uh, <laughs> but. Because it because sometimes it can come off as yeah. completely and utterly useless during a match, and nonsensical, but they made it work. They really made it work. And and sorry to say, you know, Pete Dunne is no longer UK champ, but I am I am very much ready for the era of the oh ring general. Who's gonna beat him? Who, I, I'm just I'm so curious. Of who's I, you gonna know, be the I'm, guy? I'm excited. I'm excited you know? because now he's hopefully he'll have a good long run. Yeah. And hopefully when his his run ends, it's it's with somebody uh, new mm-hmm. that we haven't seen before, and it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, that power bomb off the top rope. Jesus, it was. <sighs> You know, it, Pete Dunne was dead. I he, thought he died because it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, as fluid as he probably would have liked it to be. Yeah, but it was more of a like a wild release, almost like a, a Scott Hall Outsiders Edge yeah, it was... style like lift. Mm-hmm. So you had him. He's up in the. If you haven't watched it again, 
go through us, uh, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network, all one word. Get yourself a subscription. But, damn, he's on the top rope. He lifts him up for a powerbomb, and, and, like, he goes, and then that's it. Like, he just launches him across the ring. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit! And he, the way he falls, you're like, oh, he's that's it, man. Yeah. If he's not fucking uh, concussed, I'll eat my fucking hat. Yeah, it was just bad. And you're like, damn, he's destroyed. <coughs> and then he he gets on the top rope and then jumps on on him for the splash. For the splash, I was like, he killed him again. You're like, god damn, dude. He done, not only is he <laughs> he's not champion anymore, but now he's on life support. And yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Hell of a fucking match. Hell of a way to bring in the Volta era in the, in the UK. Um, we also saw the swan song of Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yeah. They uh, they had a tag team match. Uh, again, also keep in mind, they won the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Congratulations, classic. yeah. Um, they were challenged, or or they challenged, or whoever. somebody challenged somebody. <laughs> they, they got a shot at the NXT tag team titles. This is the opening bout. War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe. Um, what was what was your take on on that match? When when Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, um, got signed to NXT again, I, I was salty. Another another bad day. Yeah, yeah. another bad day uh, for pro wrestling. And you know, don't get me wrong. I I have every confidence in the NXT brand. Obviously, absolutely. It's just we know we know now that they're on borrowed time. Uh, for when they get called up to either Raw or SmackDown, you know what they're gonna be. They're gonna be Ascension too. Yeah, and that's what that's 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 my point. That's yeah. our point. Right. You know, we fear that. And but uh, I'm trying to enjoy it while while we have them. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And they did not disappoint. You know, um, Hanson is a gigant, a giant of a man, and again, another guy who's agile. It's not fair. Yeah, he's Broken. so agile. Yeah. And you're looking at him like, how the fuck does he do that? I can't do that shit. He's know? doing cartwheels, you know. He's he's doing uh, tope suicidas through the yeah. ropes like he's a fucking cruiserweight, and he's how, how he's he not fits. a small man, yeah. right? I don't know how he fits. He's not a small man. He's pushing three hundred plus, and I, I just I, I can never believe it. And and those guys didn't disappoint, and it just the. The, the level of respect between all four competitors yeah, um, at the end of the match, again, this is what you want from pro wrestling, man. And, and if, if again, if you haven't watched it, go get yourself a subscription and watch the entire card. Uh, we were robbed of three dark matches, which uh, hopefully we'll get to see at some point. So uh, there was actually eight, yeah. eight total, but only five televised. Um, usually those dark matches are uh, NXT episodes. Yeah, so hopefully that's the case and we do get to see <clears throat> yeah. them on, on TV. But, uh... um, you know, you also had the, the... My least favorite match of the night was the Fatal 4-Way. Uh, and it was still good. I still enjoyed it. And see, that's what I wanted to get back to okay. uh, with with the whole placing of Walter and Pete Dunne. Okay. Going into booking a wrestling card, Yeah. You you have to... As a booker, you have to account for the emotion of your fandom and your audience. And you have to take them on that roller coaster ride. You can't. It might it might seem logical to most people, where you just take your weakest match and then you build from there and you go up to your best match. Yeah. 
but more often than not, that just doesn't work all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you have something termed popcorn match. Yeah. Uh, you know, matches like that where you the the audience needs an emotional break. Yeah. Um, and, and for those of you who have ever been to a, a live show in any, you know, uh, form or fashion, you understand. You understand, like, there needs to be a break at some point where either I have to go to the bathroom or I have to just take it all in and witness mm. what the hell I just watched. You need guys like Toriano and, and Cocabana and stuff yeah. like that. Or, or just, just the stuff that, you know, you're going, like, because you're going into the main event. And you know what what's what you're trying to do, and there needs to be a little bit of a a breather before it. Yes, and and so, and so <clears throat> I think that's why they placed the Fatal Four Way as uh, the match before the last. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, going into it, I'm like, man, why did they put Dunn and, and Volter where they did? But I get it now. So I get where, why they placed this match uh, where they did. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying it's a, it was a bad match. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like the match. Uh, I've, I've told you guys before on the podcast that uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with what Shayna Baszler's doing as champ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I, I love the, the angle she came out with pre-match where she's like, I'm such an effective champion that like I can no longer have singles matches. Yeah. Like I, I, have yeah. to, I have to find multiple women. And uh, it it works. The only again, uh, I, I'm, I probably sound like a broken record uh, at this point, but Bianca Belair, there's something about her that like she's just not up to par mm-hmm. with with the rest of the division. And I want her to be. Yeah, I really I do want her to be. Yeah, but she's not there yet. And and you know she she, she has made improvements over the year, but. Mm-hmm. There's still something missing for me, and you know, even with her, you know, her feet of strength, you know, lifting up. Uh, I think it was both of the the, 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 the sky pirates. Yeah, it just that's still awesome. But like, you, there's got to be more to her. There's, there's got to be. She's got to become like more technical, or or something, because she's just not doing it for me. So for me, um, that was probably the only part of the match that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Was having her as the fourth, um, especially yeah. since Baszler kind of uh, realizes that and like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use her to get the win. You Which know? she did, yeah. yeah. It, it's it is unfortunate. I will say this though, you know, I love Kyrie Sane and 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 everything, but uh, I would like to see her take a step back, if if she will, and I like to see an Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler match next. Like yeah, take over. I, I think I think that has to happen, and and I think uh, now's the time to do it because let's face it, if she gets called up, you're you're looking at a watered down Io Shirai. Yeah. So it has to happen in NXT. Yeah, I like to see her do it, and and potentially even be the one to knock off Shayna Baszler. Um, Shayna Baszler is a name that I'm going to I want to bring up later on in this episode and I'll make more sense of it later. But um overall it was it was an okay match. You know, it's it's hard sometimes with Fatal Four Ways. And uh even though I agree with uh Bianca Belair, I, I think overall you could say something was missing with all four ladies that night. I mean it was yeah, it was they, a good match. 
But something was just off. Something was off, and I, I just think that uh, maybe it was too much of a clusterfuck for them to get anything going. Yeah, that that very well could be. And I and I and that's this is the reason why you have uh, wrestlers that say they don't like to do fatal four ways and triple threats because of that. So. Maybe that that's what happened here because this was definitely the worst out of the five, but it was still a good match. Um, I'm I'm happy to see Shayna win, retain. Uh, she's one of the better female wrestlers in the WWE right now. Um, but yeah, I, if if we can do anything beyond this, I like to see a, a Baszler Shirai one on one match. Hopefully, we get it sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. hopefully sooner than later, but. It, because uh, usually they do they do a takeover sometime in May now, right? For the uh, Money in the Bank pay per view, so uh, yeah, it could happen there, or the or maybe something in Chicago again. That'd be pretty cool. But um, oh, you know Chicago ones that's happening in November now because Survivor Series is happening. Yeah, Survivor Series will be in Chicago. That's right. Oh, you know what? I just thought about this. We might get War Games in Chicago. Oh man. Oh shit! I just thought, yeah, shit. That might have to. I might have to be there <laughs> for that. All right. So there's a ton of more stuff to talk about during WrestleMania weekend. We are going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and uh, stay tuned. This episode of the Twenty by Twenty Ring Crew is brought to you by me, the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah! The Macho Man wants to tell you all about his new favorite way to watch pro wrestling, yeah! Check out Fight TV, yeah! Where you can catch companies like GCW, Evolve, yeah! Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling, I remember those guys, yeah! And even some of that international flavor, Macho can take that! If wrestling ain't your thing, the Macho Man will put you in the cage for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. And after the madness is over, freak out, freak out. You can check out things like boxing, MMA, and even some of that movie tie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Visit 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E for those who can't spell like the Macho Man Randy Savage can and find out how you can save some money in the process. Now that's something everyone can dig. Oh yeah, Macho Man out. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen and uh, we are in the midst of uh, a WrestleMania weekend uh, coverage show and uh, we're, we're talking NXT and uh, we went to pay some bills, and now we're back. And uh, you want to talk Hall of Fame? Yeah, <laughs> I, I figured. I figured why not? You know, I. It, it's been said on this show before that. It, l- let's face it. It's it's just cockamamie bullshit at this point. You yeah. you know you whatever legitimacy you previously had mm-hmm. has kind of went out the door. You know, I'm not saying that there isn't still legitimacy there, but right. it's definitely um, sunken to an all-time low. And uh, this year, you know, I, I'm watching WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and they they bring all of the the Hall of Fame inductees out onto the stage to you know to introduce them and give them like one last to do. And I just I got this overwhelming feel of just pathetic sadness. 
<laughs> All right, Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Okay, fine. Break the Hitman Heart as part of the Heart Foundation. Fine. Yeah. yeah. DX. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tori Wilson. Uh, probably wouldn't have been one of my choices. Mm-hmm. Still looks fan fucking tabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that she's Hall of Fame material, even for WWE. Uh, and then uh, Brutus Barber Beefcake. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there is no ad to me. Like, Bruce Beefcake, what the fuck was he doing there? It, <laughs> yeah, and you think, like, year after year, you think, like, how how is this, how are these people chosen? Oh, I forgot Harlem Heat as well. Uh, how are these people chosen? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if you listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, uh, he'll tell you, like, there seems to be no real rhyme or reason. Uh, it's just kind of a, like Vince takes kind of a, a opinion gallery and then he just kind of works with that and decides, all right, well, this is going to be this and this is going to be that. Again, it's fine. You, you're the owner of the company. If you want it to be your call, fi- your final call, then hey, great. But I don't know, man. It's just something a, a little lackluster uh, about this year. And uh, uh, Bret, Hart, <laughs> Bret Hart being attacked... At the uh, at the ceremony, yeah. Um, you know, there's footage out there. It, it, you know, I'll I'll save you the spoilers, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to feel about any of that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited that uh, they're you know him and the Anvil are in as the Heart Foundation, right? But uh, I don't know, man. It's just underwhelming for me this year. And, and I, like I said, I'm I'm watching them out on stage, and especially when DX came out mm-hmm. and they did the whole like. DX shit Like we just live In a different day and age It's not cool anymore It's not cool anymore not cool. And then you know Like road dogs overweight And it's just like <laughs> They're all Everybody but Triple H And Shawn Mike Well no, X- it, Shawn Waltman would have been If he's you know He's not still on drugs Right <laughs> But the, the New Age Outlaws Are both Just Not the same anymore No it's just It's not man. Shawn Michaels is You know He's this Born again Christian hunter guy Yeah it's it's like, just, He's oh, not man. a degenerate anymore like you, oh man! He I pays just, his taxes on time, you know. Pays his bills. Like, <laughs> um, I, sorry, go ahead. No, it, it's just again over, very underwhelming for me. And I, man, I just it, especially after DX came out, and then yeah. like no real, uh, at least on stage, like they pointed to the graphic of China, mm-hmm. but that was about it, and like. I, I didn't watch all of the ceremony, mm-hmm. and I, I intend to. I would like to, but yeah, man, just o- uh, underwhelming for me. So, Honky Tonk Man, I don't have a problem with him being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he is longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> I'm not a fan of his in ring work, but then again, I'm not a fan of a lot of in ring work from the 1980s and WWE. It just, yeah, it's not for me, um, it's not fun. Tori Wilson, you, you can say whatever you want about Tori Wilson. Uh, she should be in nobody's Hall of Fame at, at all, period. I mean, you know, and, and she was one of the few that I watched mm-hmm. and I got to see her entire speech and stuff. And I get where she's coming from. I, I get it's all about uh, having self confidence. Sure. And, and for her, it was about proving to people that, you know, she could do stuff that she wouldn't be pegged to do otherwise. 
and making something out of nothing. I get that. And, sure. and, and don't get me wrong, I'm proud. I'm proud of her for accomplishing stuff uh, under, under the circumstances that she did. But does it warrant a Hall of Fame spot? I don't think so. No, not not in the least way. And let's face facts. I mean, I, I get she's had she's had issues with her appearances and, and how she perceives herself in the past. But let's call it for what it, what it is. We're talking the Hall of Fame. You know, all this all the stuff that she did to uh, help herself and how she looks at herself. That's great. Those are those are those are self wins and those are phenomenal. But does it make you a Hall of Famer? No. And the reason why I say that because Tori Wilson represents everything of what was wrong with women wrestling to begin with. She was she was eye candy. She's a piece of meat. That's all she was. I, I don't mean to degrade no, her in any no, way, but that's no, what she was. But, and you're right. And, you know, listening to her talk, you know, she... She scoffs at stuff like that, and in a like in a in a way where she's kind of disgusted herself. Like she talks about not having um, rhythm and not having self confidence enough to feel sexy, but she went out and did it anyway. And you know, you and I watched a lot of that stuff as it happened. Yeah. And again, it's a different time, but to me, she was sexy. Yeah. You know, to me, she pulled it off, but. I guess you never know until you're you're in someone else's shoes, like just no, how you know. And I and I get that. I I get that part. I mean, she made the mention about being part, you know, being a part of people's puberty. Yeah, <laughs> that was something she said. And, and you know what? Yeah, she was for me. She was the first uh, Playboy spread that I that I owned. Not that I owned many, but you know, my brother knew I was a huge wrestling fan, and Tori Wilson's a beautiful woman, and she posed nude for Playboy. Why wouldn't I want to see that? And that's fine. That's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, what did you accomplish in the wrestling business? You didn't accomplish anything. You you just, you didn't. I mean, I'm sure technically she's former Divas champion. I think. Yeah. At one I point. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, most women in that era were because they somebody had to be the champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's just, it's 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 one of those things. I'm not trying to be a chauvinistic asshole here. It's one of those things where you you didn't accomplish anything because there was nothing for you to accomplish. It's not necessarily her fault. No. But at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's do we reward people for that now? Well, hey, you did the best you could. You know, you wore that bikini very well. You looked really good in it. So here's a Hall of Fame. It just. It, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth also because of this. Where the fuck is Molly Holly? During that time when you had women doing all this shit, people like Molly Holly were still actually wrestling. Yeah. Where the fuck is her <laughs> Hall of Fame at? Um, I'm going to go down this line here real quick. Brutus Beefcake. Again, you're not a Hall of Famer. You accomplished nothing throughout your career. Um, you're Hulk Hogan's best friend. That is your accomplishment. I, I don't have anything else to say about him. I mean, he just... And, his... and no, you're right. <laughs> and, and again, I think this harkens back to the point I made, you know, uh, while we weren't recording. And it's that the WWE has become this, uh, this machine of selling their fans, like, nostalgia for yeah. nostalgia's sake. There's no real rhyme or reason behind it. You know, they want they want everybody to have a WrestleMania moment and yeah. you know, maybe 
maybe this is Vince McMahon's uh, opportunity to kind of make amends with people at, sure. at, at some point. Maybe that's part of what all this is. But yeah, I I don't I don't see Brutus having a Hall of Fame. Like he just he's he's to me he's not worthy. You're you're supposed to be walking in the 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 annals of the immortals mm-hmm. and. I'm sorry. Like Brutus Beefcake as as a a character? Yeah. Obviously definitely memorable, but Hall of Fame worthy? You look at other Hall of Fames in sports. The Baseball Hall of Fame. You can't put everybody in the Hall of Fame because because at this point, at this route, everybody that's ever competed in WWE is going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And that's not right. That's not how Hall of Fames work. It's supposed to be the ultimate reward. You are the elites. You are beyond the elites. You know, not everybody is a Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to be mean to Tory Wilson or Brutus Beefcake. And and me personally, if this was like a voting committee, I would never have voted Honky Tonk Man either. (laughs) Because, but that's, that's, again, that's just because beyond the IC title reign, what did you do? What did you do? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, was, it was nothing nothing for you to do. It's just not everybody is Hall of Fame worthy. And so far, I have, I'm over three in, in Hall of Famers that actually mean something. I'm going to skip this one here, but we have more groups, the same amount of groups than we did individuals. The Heart Foundation, are they Hall of Famers to me? I do, I do believe so. Yeah. I, as, I as a tag so. team, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Jim Neidhart by himself? No, absolutely not. He's not a Hall of Famer. No. But uh, some people had a problem with Jim Neidhart getting in the Hall of Fame. And again, you have to understand, it's as a member of the Hart Foundation. The Hart Foundation played a pivotal role in the tag team division in the 80s and in the early 90s. There's no, there's no, there's no denying that. No. You can't take that away from him. Um, Harlem Heat, are they Hall of Famers? I believe that they are. Um... You know, people have a problem with it because they never wrestled in WWE. Again, WWE owns WCW, so... So they can do that now. They can do that now. (laughs) I mean, 10-time WCW Tag Team Champions. Yeah. You know, um, before they were Booker T and Stevie Ray, you know, they were Kane and Cole. And, you know, again, the same... They they had this dominant group. You know, two brothers that just run buckshot over people. And I I love them personally. But as an unbiased... um, Voter, if you will, if, that, if if I'm still playing fantasy here, I I would put them in the Hall of Fame because, again, for that time for a time period, they were the most dominant tag team, or one of the most dominant tag teams, in that that the company had to offer. Yeah. Um, Stevie Ray by himself is not a Hall of Famer. No, I agree. I agree. By, by no means. Nope. Booker T obviously is. I I agreed with that. Yeah, I agree. Bret Hart that. obviously is. Um, but yeah. Harlem Heat, I don't have a problem with groups being in the Hall of Fame, like the Four Horsemen. I, I think the only problem I have with <coughs> with the Harlem Heat being inducted is that uh, Sensational Sherry wasn't inducted with them. I agree. I, I absolutely agree, because she was the pivotal part of, of that, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Especially in the beginning. Um, she's the one that gave gave them their really their, their persona. And made him stand out. I mean, God damn it, she could be in so many other people's Hall of Fame because 
Sensational Sherry was just an absolute, very underrated in, in so many ways. I, I think it was like after her career was over where people started recognizing what she was. Yeah. Um, and then there's D-Generation X. And the the eight-year-old kid in me was like, yeah, why not DX? Why not DX? Why not DX? I can tell you why not DX. Um, what did they accomplish in the in the WWE? I mean, you can again. Were they? Was it a memorable, a memorable time? Absolutely. But what exactly did they accomplish in the sense of the Four Horsemen, or, or in the sense of this little group called the New World Order? I, I mean, what did they accomplish? They were the answer to the NWO, and they were a poor man's excuse to the NWO. When it first started, you know, they were successful, but that was mainly Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels left. He brought in the DX Army. He brought in Road Dogg and, 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 and Billy Gunn and X-Pac. And, yeah, they won titles. They won tag titles. X-Pac was a European champion. I get all that shit. But you also have to remember this, too. It wasn't like they were around for long. The DX Army started in, 19, in, in, in March of 1998, and it's dead by January of 1999, if not earlier than that. Yeah. I mean, it was just up and down, up and down, up and down. Are they going to be together? Are they not? It was one of those things where, especially after Shawn Michaels left, it was a novelty group at best. Yeah, and and uh, let's face it, the only reason they were inducted was because of China. The, the, yeah. the company, uh, whether you guys don't know this or not, but... The company wanted to be able to induct China, but they didn't want to induct China by herself. And see, and that's that's that is the point that I was going to go after next because China, I get, has a reputation that she brought upon herself towards the end of life, and I get that. But we're talking about accomplishments here. China is the first woman to compete in a Royal Rumble match, and so far to this day, twenty years later. She's the only woman to be Intercontinental Champion. I mean, she's done so much in trailblazing what women can actually do. Well, what women are actually doing now. Doing now. Like, the, she, out of out of everybody, she's the most relevant choice. Yeah. So, why not just, uh, just induct her? Just induct her. You yeah. know, you don't... It, 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 it really is bittersweet because she gets inducted, but it's as part of a group. It's part of the group, and That's, and like they don't the, the, that group doesn't really fucking deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's it's not a Hall of Fame group. It's a novelty act. Again, it's it was the answer to the NWO. I mean, if we're if we're fucking inducting gimmicks at this point, well, pff, let's do it. Let's let's just induct everybody who had a shitty gimmick. Let's do the next year. We should do the oddities. <laughs> you know yeah. why not? But put the put the fucking uh, fucking bastion boogers. Yeah, you know, you know put just them in there. Anybody, gobbly gooker. Yeah, right. Horn swaggle. You know, do 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 it all. I mean, that's it's really shitty. And this is another reason why I wanted to bring up the Hall of Fame. So when the Hall of Fame was brought back as like an annual thing, it was around two thousand four for WrestleMania twenty. They had wrestlers. That were being inducted. Not gimmicks. Wrestlers. We don't have that anymore because, well, people, the WWE Universe doesn't want to see that. They don't want to see wrestlers anymore. So what they did, 
a couple years ago, I think. I think it was I, I think it was two or three years ago. They started a legacy uh, branch of the Hall of Fame for all the wrestlers of the past. <laughs> They can be put in there, but they don't get speeches. Most of them are, are deceased at this point, anyway. Yeah. But they don't get speeches. They don't get uh, any any of that stuff. They just get. Uh, yeah, you're in the Hall of Fame. Here's a little. <laughs> here's a little montage. You know, these guys used to be relevant. You know, guys like Bruiser Brody, who was inducted this year. If you don't fucking know who Bruiser Brody is, and you claim to be a diehard wrestling fan. Give me your fucking card right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. How, especially if you're a hardcore fan. Yeah. You don't fucking know your roots, man. Oh, my God. Wahoo McDaniel. Wahoo McDaniel. Ask Ric Flair who Wahoo McDaniel is. He'll tell you all fucking about him. Luna Fashan. Oddities right there. But, but beyond, you know, better than that, I mean, one of, one of the greatest wrestling families... To ever step into a ring. Yeah, her dad being Mad Dog. Mad Dog, you know. You know, Special Delivery Jones competed in the first WrestleMania against King Kong Bundy. You know, Toro Tanaka. You know, I mean, all these guys and all the... Buddy Rose. Yeah, Boy Buddy Rose. And they just get... They, they, all you get is a fucking montage. <laughs> That's it? You know, it's, it's so fucking disgraceful that... You know, and I'm, I'm going to sound like a major fucking prick here, and I really don't give a fuck at this point. <laughs> but we give more fucking time to the Warrior Award. They, they gave it to, uh, I don't know, I'm pronouncing her name right, Sue Atchison a- a- or whatever her name is. Okay. She's the, one of the people over the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. She does great work. There's yeah. no doubt about that. I'm not disrespecting what she does for those kids. That's amazing work, and, and I applaud her. And she... If they want to give her an award for it, that's fucking awesome. But she gets to be at WrestleMania where nobody... not They don't even fucking mention Bruiser Brody at WrestleMania. They don't mention him at all. You know, he gets a fucking montage in the Hall of Fame ceremony. Doesn't even get a, a special bit in WrestleMania. But Sue Atchison or whatever the fuck her name is, she gets it. Because yeah. of all that amazing work she put in the wrestling business, I, I mean, or or or, or even even better, uh, the Barber Beefcake, Bruce Beefcake. I mean, how fucking stupid! And this is the reason why <laughs> I don't watch the Hall of Fame. This is the reason why, you know, I'm I'm on the the WWE group, and I'm thinking, hey, is anybody watching the G1 Supercard? Oh, the Hall of Fame's on. Okay, is anybody watching the G1 Supercard? <laughs> you know, I don't give a fuck that Bret Hart was attacked. First of all, fuck that guy who did that. Uh, not going to talk about it because I don't want to give that guy any more mention. But uh, I don't, I don't give a shit. I just, I just don't give a shit. I'm, I'm happy the Hart Foundation's in. I'm happy that Harlem Heat's in. You know, that's really about it. But like, it's so disrespect. They're so disrespectful to their own history. Because it's almost like, like we're the cool guys. We don't all that stuff's in the past. We don't care about that. So yeah, and in a nutshell, I know it was a, a surprise to you that I wanted to bring up the Hall of Fame, but it it, it was brought up not because I wanted to talk about it, but it, it's a necessary evil because you literally have people not watching history, so they can watch this 
generic history event and it is the Hall of Fame. I mean, the G1 Supercar was happening the same night. It's it, it should really be no contest, but um, and that's my problem with it. That's, that's it's my problem with it because it's like everybody gets in, and it becomes very much like we talked about in NXT. It's Johnny participation. Like, that's what it is. Like you work for the company, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. That's just, that's just how it's going to be. I so. guess I guess so. And it, you're right. There's there's too many people in there now that just don't belong that aren't deserving and um yeah the likes of bruiser brody and wahoo mcdaniel and playboy buddy rose and and uh, everyone else who was not actively uh, a part of wrestlemania uh, you know one way or another it, it is sad it's sad that uh, those guys and their legacies just you know they're they're dwindled down to a montage yeah and you know <clears throat> That's it. That is what it is. Yeah, I, I digress. Um, fucking bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, again, just very underwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it does. It does suck because uh, as a wrestling fan, you should know. Regardless of whether you're a sports entertainment fan or, or not, you, sh- you should know who Bruiser Brody is. Uh, you should know why he's so important. Yeah. Uh, you should know who Chief Wahoo McDaniel is. Um, Playboy Buddy Rose. Mm-hmm. All those guys are super important to professional wrestling. And I mean just professional wrestling. Right, they they right, have right. jack shit to do with sports <clears throat> entertainment. Right. Um, but they are also the foundation of what would become sports entertainment, too. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, but sports right. entertainment as it is today. It's just Yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. You know, it's like having... A, a, you know, the, a rock and roll, you have a rock and roll Hall of Fame, but, you know, like, a Hall of Fame of, of, of let's say a video game Hall of Fame, and you don't have things like Galaga or Dig Dug. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. Just, oh, well, those, those things, it's irrelevant to what we're, we're talking about now. Well, you know, it, it, without those, it built the foundation, you know I mean? Yeah. So it, you have to respect... The past in order to appreciate appreciate the future and the present. So uh, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, I get it. You can't you can't have a bunch of Hall of Fame speeches by a bunch of families of these wrestlers because a lot of these all these people are deceased yeah. at this point. I, well, I, and, I, and not just that. There's at at certain points and situations mm-hmm. you do have legal issues. Yeah. So I, I get all that. I really do. But there could have been something. There Some, could have been something better. different. Yeah. I mean, even if it, you just did a legacy, why couldn't the legacy award winners, Hall of Famers, be at WrestleMania too? Yeah. Why couldn't they have a, a video package? Yeah, you did it. You did it the night before. It's, like, it's to play the same one. Yeah, play at the very least. Play it, the yeah. same one, and uh, fuck, I would have much watch rather that I would have rather much watch that than some of the shit I actually got to see. Yeah, WrestleMania, but. That is going to be a separate episode because there's a lot of shit to cover. Um, yeah, how much time you guys got? Yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned the fact that there was another show happening. We talked about it when we first started. We are finally able to talk about it in full here. G1 Supercar, New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
Ring of Honor presents, as well as with CMLL and Rev Pro, they present G1 Supercard Madison Square Garden in front of 16,534 in the heart of New York City. It took place on April 6, 2019. Like I said, the last time that a show that has taken place in Madison Square Garden, a wrestling show has taken place in Madison Square Garden by a non-McMahon-owned wrestling promotion was November 14th, 1960. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, this right here, this is history in the making. Madison Square Garden, and you finally watched it. You finally got to see it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and let's start off Let's start off with the pre-show, because that was the first thing you saw before today. Yeah. As we were recording. <laughs> the, well, it ended up becoming a 31-man uh, <laughs> Honor Rumble, thanks to Toriano and Coke Cabana. Uh, the Honor Rumble, what was what was your take on on, on that, on what they did there? Uh, I, I really liked what they did. Um you know, the, those the Rumble matches in general are always interesting, and I love seeing other companies' approaches to a Rumble match. Uh, you know, obviously WWE is the the originator, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's nice to see other people's takes on it. And uh, you know me, I'm a big uh, Jushin Thunder Liger fan. Yeah, absolutely. And to have him there as part of it, and then. To have uh, the great Muta, the great Muta show up, yeah. uh, and King Haku, uh, it was it was cool. Jumping out himself. It it was um, it was really really interesting, and uh, you know, congrats to Kenny King for winning. Yeah, um, I I really did not see that coming. He, I I was confused by the situation. Yeah, because you know at one you know there. At one point, they're making it a point, like, every time they cut to him, to mention to the crowd that they're really surprised that he's in there that long mm. because he started it off. Yeah. And they're impressed with him. And then at some point, like, you just don't see him in the ring. And I'm yeah. like, where the fuck is Kenny King at? I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, you forget about him. And then, boom, he shows up and he wins wins the, the whole thing. In, in a dashly way. Yeah. Because well, it came down to juicing and, and Great Muta. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it's great. Yeah. It's great. But, like, the winner of this match, for those who don't know, you're getting a shot at the ROH World title. That's not something that Juice and Great Moots are going to get. Yeah, no. And it just didn't make any sense. But it's like, I popped out of my seat like, holy shit, it's going to be one of these guys. Because yeah. I forgot about <laughs> Kenny King. It was, a, it was a great move. It was a fucking great move. I love Kenny King. I love his in-ring work. And uh, his heel work has been has gotten really really good, too. Uh, I forgot all about him. So Kenny King wins the, uh, the Honor Rumble, and you're going to see him take on... Uh, the Ring of Honor World Champion, whoever that may be. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. And that was your pre-show. So going into the uh, the first match of the main show, title versus title, which seemed to be a, somewhat of a theme over WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you had Jeff Cobb defending the ROH World Television title uh, against Will Ospreay, who was defending the Never Openweight Championship. Here you have a clash of styles, but it's interesting because you have a big guy who can do power, who can do uh, high flying spots, uh, 
and then you have a high flyer who's doing more power spots now. <laughs> a lot of aggression between the two. Uh, goes about 13 minutes. Good way to start off the show, you think? Right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, Jeff Cobb, he's he's another one who's uh, come from a different uh, background and gotten into pro wrestling, and he, he's taken to it like a, a fish to water. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, he's he's been so successful so quick in, in Ring of Honor. This isn't a surprise to me. No. And when, he, you know, he eventually he wins the match, so now he is uh, Neverweight Open, or, you know, Open Neverweight Champ. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm excited because you want a guy like that to defend a title like that. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that New Japan, to me, has failed in doing and is, has, uh, and that's, Keeping the the importance and the the vibe behind that title alive, it seems like they they just go through spurts, and it's a shame because it's not like they don't have the fucking talent to keep it going. Right, exactly. You know, you just and you know it's nothing against Hiroki Goto or anyone like that. Just whenever this title is around somebody, it's just like okay, it's there, and then it's dead for a little while, and then they decide, hey, we're gonna make a something out of it and mm-hmm. then it comes back and it, it it gains some sort of temporary importance and then that's it but yeah so to to me like they're they pretty much disrespected on the on the monthly man yeah, like i agree so hopefully uh jeff cobb having this title now uh, it changes things a bit not that will osprey was was doing that but right no no i agree uh, i like will osprey's run as a champion what I like this, about this, too, is, yeah, Jeff Cobb is probably going to do some Japan work now, but you can defend that title in Ring of Honor again, too, you know, and just, if you have no no place for it on your on your tours, have them defend it in Ring of Honor, kind of like what WWE, WWE was doing with the UK title for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, if you don't, we don't have a spot for you on NXT right now. Go defend it somewhere else. Give it, give it some relevancy, and 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 then that's that will help that title continue to grow. Being defended and retained builds so much prestige so fast. I'm I'm actually excited because uh, I can't wait for him to go defend it in Ref Pro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that would be a good fit for that title and and uh, make for some interesting matchups for Jeff Cobb. Absolutely. Um, Match of this was a match that we had a problem with from the get-go. Uh, <laughs> Dalton Castle versus Roosh. Um, the match goes 15 seconds. That's that's not uh, an, an error. Exaggeration. Yeah, not yeah. an exaggeration. That's, that's 15 <laughs> seconds. I, I guess I'll speed through it. Roosh, Roosh does a, a kick to, to, to Dalton Castle. He bounces off the turnbuckle and then pin, and is yeah, pinned same, right away. Same kick three times in a row. Yeah. And uh, and then Roosh wins right away. Dalton Castle can't believe it. He turns heel. He turns on the boys. Um, the entrances were longer than the match. Everything, all that stuff. Um, given the what, what what we're talking about here, the the G one Supercard Madison Square Garden. I know I keep bringing Madison Square Garden into it, but that this is a big fucking deal here. This right here seems like. Um, a TV episode match or a, any other pay per view, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I th- like I like I said before we started recording this. Uh, I I just think the Ring of Honor's approach was to take and just jam pack the card as much as possible, 
and and by doing so, they just def- kind of defied any logic to the to the actual booking. Yeah. At points, and this was one of those points. Um, other than to have Roosh there, in Dalton Castle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the building, give them something to do. Yeah. But I, man, I, I think this on a rumble would have been perfect for them. Yeah, it? they could have easily been in the rumble, and yeah, you would have had you know a non-traditional amount of guys, but you had that anyway. Or you, could, so, I mean. I hate to be this asshole, but like I made the mention when we were off air, coast to coast. I, I didn't really care. They didn't add anything to the yeah. To the you could have took them out and you know, put put these two guys in. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I mean, they're they're a nice tag team, but it's they weren't going <laughs> to win. You knew they were going to win. Roosh potentially could have won. Dalton Castle potentially could have won, and you still could have accomplished the Dalton Castle situation. Something could have happened where the boys fucked something up. Yeah. You know, and it started the whole downhill battle. Um, we talked more about this match than, than the match actually existing. <laughs> you know I mean, uh, moving on here, the you got to get women, uh, uh, you know, an opportunity as well because women wrestling is, is just as good as the men. And, and they did so here with Kelly Klein versus Mayu Iwatani for the Women of Honor World Championship. Uh, Kelly Klein... Wins the title over Iwatani um, in a match that goes about ten and a half minutes. Overall, for me, wasn't uh, my favorite match of the night, but it was it was good for what it was. It was some good technical wrestling. There were some spots that seemed a little off, but overall, I felt the they put on a pretty good show. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think part of the reason some of the match felt off, uh, especially I think it, it this for me. It, it felt like that that way, especially after uh, Kelly Klein went after Iwatani's leg. Yeah. Uh, she was heavily braced mm-hmm. on, I think it was her left leg. So I, I know she went, she she put her through a pretty nasty dragon screw yeah. leg whip. Yep, yep. And after that, the, there was a definitely different tone in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really surprised it went that long because it, it did seem like she was having some uh, technical issues there. Yeah. The next match was an open challenge New York City street fight. That was Bully Ray challenging anybody that was answered originally by Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, throughout the uh, beginning of the show, was shown to have been attacked. We don't know by who or anything like that. And then so Bully Ray said there's open challenges open again. Outcomes to everybody's surprise, Flip Gordon. The return of Flip Gordon, who is super jacked up now, by the way. <laughs> um, he's he's like he's in he's in incredible shape now. Not that he was in, in good bad shape before, but he's bulked. Up. I mean, he's bulked up like fucking crazy. Uh, so it's it's a New York City street fight. Um, Flip Gordon is beating up on uh, Bully Ray, and out comes. Shane Taylor and Silas Young, they're they uh, they're upset that they're not on the card, and they are making their their presence known. They're beating the shit out of uh, Young Flip Gordon, and out comes Lifeblood, or at least two members of Lifeblood, Mark Caskins and Juice Robinson. Uh, and in, instead of being a one-on-one match, it's now a six-man tag New York City street fight. When it comes to street fights, they are what they are. I mean, this was this was solid for us. Yeah. Um, I I made the the, the comment about Flip Gordon because a few months ago, Flip Gordon had a had a bout with Bully Ray, 
and very a la Tommy Dreamer ECW, and this actually took place in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> he took a beating of a lifetime with a Singapore cane. Uh, it was tough to watch. They did not air it on TV. You had to go through Honor Club or other parts of the internet to find the actual video footage. I mean, he he took it like a fucking champ, to say the least, but oh my God. There was a spot where, where excuse me, Flip Gordon was surrounded by Taylor, Young, and Ray, Bully Ray, and he challenged each one of them to take their best shot with the cane, and they did. And it's almost like he fucking enjoys it now. Man, that was some shit. I, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing to take any kind of a hit with any kind of a prop, object, weapon, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's another thing to sit there in the middle of a ring and dare three really strong guys. Yeah. One guy is like 400 pounds yeah, or 300 plus pounds or whatever. To, to have value with a Singapore cane. So all three of them had canes. And, uh, you know, Matt's telling me you have to watch and pay attention because it's going to get pretty brutal. And it did. It was, it was fucking disgusting. Uh, like, there was... First of all, there's a lot of blood coming off of his mm, back. Yeah. Because it wasn't like they took shots in different parts of his back. No, yep. It was all on the same part of his back. So one welt became the same welt, but three times as bad. Yeah. And there was a lot of broken skin. It looked it looked like he had been shredded up by something. Yeah. It was it was gross. Um <laughs> fuck. I, I have not that I didn't respect Flip Gordon before, right, but man. Right. Uh, I have the utmost respect for what the fuck he did for that match and for that that card. Uh, that's uh, that's one hell of a sacrifice. He's in some fucking pain now for sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> I would imagine so. I, I there's a part of me that hopes so because it's like it's it's it better have been worth it. <clears throat> yeah, you know? it's to, to him. Shit. It better have been worth it. It's always intriguing when you got to get a guy that young. You know, he's younger than me. You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm becoming an old man myself. <laughs> Shit, I sound like one right now. <laughs> um, but it's always intriguing for me when you get a, a young cat like this that has that old school mentality. My body can be sacrificed as much as, as, as it needs to be so long as it's beneficial for the show. You don't get a lot of guys like that anymore. You just don't. And... Uh, and here we are, you know, and, and, and Flip Gordon did it again. <laughs> Smash the Square Garden. Fuck it. Why not? We're here. Let's do it. Uh, you know, I, I once to me once was enough. I, I don't need to see it again personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, I do suggest at least one viewing of the entire card, even with the Flip Gordon thing, um, because it's 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 fucked up. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Uh, you can do that. One of two ways. Uh, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW to get yourself a New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling World subscription. Totally worth it. Get it. Uh, Again, this was a co-branded show, so the other way to do it would be to go 20x20crew.com slash podcast 
slash R-O-H or Ring of Honor, all one word. Yes. And get yourself uh, a, um, an Honor Club subscription. Absolutely. Oh, you, you know what? I lied. There's three ways. You son of a bitch. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Because the Honor Club is now available on the Fight TV app. And if you subscribe through us as a new subscriber, just change your fucking email. Yeah. You're going to get uh, at least $15 worth of free credit to watch any sport that they have on the Fight TV app. So there you go. Go get yourself some free shit. Um, emails are free, guys. Yeah, I, emails are free. I don't free. know what the excuse is. <laughs> but uh, that was, that. it was really tough to watch, even for me. And it was gross. It was fucking gross. And going back and, and thinking about just street fights in general. Yeah. Like, to me, that's what's missing from those kinds of <clears throat> street fights these days. Like, a street fight just isn't the same kind of street fight anymore. But this, this was a street fight. And I'm glad. I'm glad that it it, yeah. it it happened that way because leading up to this, you and I were both of the opinion, like, wait a minute, Juice versus Bully Ray in a fucking street fight? Like, no, nothing against either of them two, but... It didn't seem it, like it was going to be fucking exciting. Yeah. You know, it really didn't. Yeah, I agree. This fucking dunderhead, this motherfucker. As always, we are watching wrestling in the background. And uh, earlier we were watching the G1 Supercard. And now we are watching Monday Night Raw for the day after <clears throat> the day after <throat> WrestleMania. And uh, Lars Sullivan has just come out, and it looks like he's going to go after Kurt Angle. I thought Kurt Angle was retired. Was freshly retired. What so. is he doing? Are you gonna take a fucking bump to this uh, fucking retard? Uh, he's yeah. It looks That's like not a political it. word, by the way. <laughs> I apologize for that, but uh, hey, look, no knee brace. <clears throat> oh my god, Lars Sullivan. Oh jeez. Even Kurt Angle just doesn't know what to do with this, with this guy. <clears throat> Dude, Kurt Angle just needs to stop. Look at that fucking neck. <clears throat> fucking cauliflower neck and shit. Pretty much. Oh. Yeah, he's taking stop, the bump. Stop it. What are you doing? He's getting the guys over him. <laughs> His body just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Wait, which one? Lars, yeah. <laughs> Lars' body just doesn't make any sense. He's got such skinny legs, and it's like... You know what he reminds me of? Do you remember in, uh, like, the old Bugs Bunny cartoons when they would have, like, the big strong guy? Yeah. That's who he looks like. But I digress. Oh, my God. What are we, t- what are we talking uh, about we're, we're... Oh, street fights. <laughs> yeah. You mean, uh... Yeah, so, uh... Street fights... Street... Again, so... Anytime you have a gimmick match, it needs to be done in moderation, right? Because there's a reason why they're, they're gimmicks. Um, you know... Traditional matches, single one on one, two on two. Those are the reason why those are traditional. They, those you're going to see more often than not. If you're going to do a street fight, we always say it all the time. And I know it's cliche, but do it right. If you're going to do a hell in a cell match and you never do anything with the cell, then why the fuck you do a hell in a cell match? Yeah. If you're going to do a street fight, if 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 Joe and I got into a street fight. We're not fucking grappling. No, I'm gonna, we're going to be grabbing shit and beating shit out of each other. That's a street fight. And so I applaud what Flip Gordon did because he says it's a fucking street fight. Beat the shit out of me. 
And it wasn't just that. He also went through a table. and all Like, that. right after right that, afterwards, he yeah. fucking went through a table. And it's like, God damn, man. Flip Gordon, if he hasn't earned your respect by now, he, he's already earned mine. I, I'm pretty sure he's earned Gee, yours. Absolutely, man. He's a phenomenal talent. But, my God, the, the love that he has for the business and, and the appreciation that he has for it, that right there is putting putting the business over your own body. And it might sound reckless, but if you're as talented as Flip Gordon and you have trust in the people in the ring, it's not as reckless as it sounds. And what you got was a, a solid street fight. Yeah. And that's what it was supposed to be. Um, next match here is a three-way match. You had Taiji Ishimori, Bone Soldier, representing the Bullet Club, defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Lifeblood's own Bandito, and CMLL and Takahashi Killer, Dragon Lee. Oh, man. You had to throw that in there. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, uh, fucking ruthless. Um, but, you know, it's good that I brought that in there because that was brought up throughout the night. Oh, you're right. You're that, right. That Dragon, Dragon Lee wanted to be in this match because he wants... He wants to make things right for Takahashi. And he wants to be the guy <clears throat> that when Takahashi comes back and go, comes comes gets a shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Dragon Lee wants to be the guy. He wants to make it right. Uh, thanks to uh, a few people in a Los Ingobernables Facebook group, Okay, uh, I have had the opportunity to figure out that... Uh, he is working on coming back. Good. And, I'm so happy uh, to hear that. And he is, um, through his, his, his journal entries uh, that apparently are posted online somewhere, mm-hmm. he is, uh, basically he's experiencing a lot of ring rust, and that's kind of like the biggest hurdle he's getting over. Okay. But the neck seems fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's in, in working order, and it looks like he will eventually make a, a successful return. Beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah, I, I can't wait because that was uh, that was one hell of a debacle to go through, man. Like you see him get hurt, and he was on man, he was on such a fucking hot streak for that promotion, and then to have that happen, you're like, God damn, you know. Well, not only that, but like when I saw the injury happen, I'm just thinking to myself, is he ever gonna be? Able to be normal, yeah. Yeah, it was rough. You don't you don't see very many neck injuries like that. Like he, I don't know if you guys are, are um, familiar with what turf toe is, mm-hmm. but like if you're playing football and you end up dragging your foot across the turf and like you you basically uh, kind of hyperextend a part of yourself, but also compress it at the same time, and that's essentially what happened with him and his neck. Yeah. He got dragged or drug across the ring uh, after being hit with uh, some sort of a driver. Yep. And um, so like a pile driver-ish kind of move. And so his neck went into his shoulders, but at the same time got dragged across the canvas um, at least a foot or two, uh, which is pretty fucking scary. So we didn't know to what extent uh, his neck was fucked up. And uh, but luckily, it it looks like he will be back. As we we're watching Raw and SmackDown, uh, we're doing another superstar shakeup. It's baby. a fucking draft. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna shake things up. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna shake some shit up. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, but uh, that's absolutely you know, great. Great to hear. Great news to hear that um, 
Hiromu Takahashi is planning to make a comeback because it was it was one of the scariest things that I've seen uh, in recent memory. Yeah, it was pretty uh, bad. It was really bad, and I don't mean to poke fun at Dragon Lee. He's a phenomenal wrestler, um, and it was it was it was an accident. It was not obviously intentional. Um, as far as the match goes, this was surprisingly a little shorter. Than I, I, I expected. Yeah, I, I expected it to go longer. It didn't even make nine minutes. No, it was, it was less than nine minutes. Uh, oh, Alexa Bliss is coming out. It looks like she's in wrestling gear. Is is she back now? I can only hope. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that she's you know doing the whole talk show thing and all that stuff. But the we really miss Alexa Bliss. She's um, it's unfortunate that she had to miss WrestleMania. It looks like she's she's back though. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, it was still good. There was a ton of uh, ton of good high spots. A lot of good high spots. Uh, Dragon League comes out with the victory, and uh, interesting that you got a CMLL guy that's now a champion in New Japan. Yeah, um, I I look forward again. I look forward to this partnership uh, with CMLL to to expand. Yeah, and you know you do you do want guys. Um, Traveling, um, you know, and and having that interpromotional schedule, right? To to just kind of open things up and and uh, let that let that roster breathe, you know, just like we talked about Jeff Cobb earlier, going and defending his newly won never open weight championship, mm-hmm. um, it being a New Japan title, he'll defend it in Ring of Honor as well, and right. then hopefully Rev Pro, right, and hopefully CMLL. Like, dude, I'm so fucking excited. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying good things happen when you trade talent amongst other companies? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who's this guy? Who's this guy? We're not, what are you talking about? No, no, no. you got to be a whole universe to do that, pal. No. Get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> oh, man. But, yeah, that's exactly the point, though. So you have, you have two champions right now. As as we are going through this card, that are not contracted by New Japan Pro Wrestling and they own your belts. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. No, it, not, it, not at all. It, it should never be a bad thing. Well, now we have something interesting here too because <laughs> we got. I, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this match. Yeah, uh, I, so let's let's go through the card. Let's go through the participants. You got God, Girls of Destiny, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. They are defending the IWGP Tag Team Championships, or the Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, versus Villain Enterprises, PCO and Brody King, defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. You also have uh, LIJ, Evil Sonata, and the Briscoes, J. Mark Briscoe. Four-way tag team, winner-take-all match. Where, where, where should we start? Should we start with that amazing entrance by PCO? Oh, Jesus. Now I'll skip that. <laughs> so, uh, I... I you know obviously Matt and I weren't there for like uh, the Festival of Honor that happened before the event. Yeah. But apparently um the uh Destro mm-hmm. apparently Destro and PCO were involved in some sort of promotional stunt where um he was PCO was revived with electricity in some sort of a, a pulpit-esque uh, s- scene or scenario. Yeah. So they tried to recreate this for the G1 Supercard, and when PCO comes out, uh, there are lasers and um, 
graphics of uh, electric bolts and, and lightning and stuff, there's a giant electric chair. Yeah. Which PCO is strapped into. Destro comes out and uses a car battery to shock him back to life, hence him coming to the ring. Caprice Coleman was on commentary, and he he referred to watching PCO as a mind-blowing experience. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but yeah, it is sort of a mind-blowing experience. Because here you have a 50-plus-year-old man who is not in the best shape to begin with. No. He thinks he's a fucking cruiserweight. He, do, he doesn't get around like one, but he thinks he's one. And he does all kinds of stupid shit with his body. And that is PCO in a nutshell. So, uh, during the match, you have him. Again, this is winner take all, so the winners of the match are going to take home both the IWGP heavyweight tag titles and the Ring of Honor heavyweight tag titles. So, uh, there are multiple spots in the match where (laughs) PCO sacrifices his body. And don't get me wrong, I am ever appreciative to anyone who sacrifices their body for the for the cause of professional wrestling. But we just talked about it. With PCO needs to just stop. He needs to stop and do something else with his life uh, because he's gonna die. He's he's going to die. There was <clears throat> there was a, a spot where both of the gorillas of destiny lifted him up and power bombed him from inside the ring. To the uh, to the ringside area. There was no table there. No table. No, no, no nothing, nothing to break the fall. Other than the mats on the floor. So, for anyone before anybody jumps down our throats, <laughs> I'm going to stop you right now <laughs> because there is no. For, for, all right, what Flip Gordon did was it was it risky? Of course it was. Of course it was. But it's a street fight. It's supposed to be hardcore. Yeah. This is a fatal forward match. I get it. There's no disqualification. I get it. That, but this is not a street fight. This is a tag team match with four teams. How does being power bombed to the outside from from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring with nothing to break your fall? How is that beneficial for the match? That's a suicidal <laughs> man. That's stupid. Like you're gonna you're gonna get yourself killed. No matter if you're 50 years old or if you're 20 years old, yeah, you're gonna get yourself fucking hurt really bad. I mean, and then like he pops up, like for a split, for a split second. second, and he falls back down. Like, I, I, how does that benefit the match? And I don't think you saw him the rest of the match. No, after no. After that, that was pretty much it. But oh um, my god! And you know what? It kills me because I expected so much more out of this match. I did too. You know, you have. Uh, you have at least three out of those four teams that are really cohesive and capable of putting on one hell of a fucking show, and they got less than ten minutes. Yeah, that was so disappointing, man. It, it wasn't a bad match per se, but it should have went a lot longer with with a lot more shit going on, especially for that kind of a prize. Uh, and then. Uh, Two things happened after the match. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to the legitimate one first. Yeah. Uh, Torianu yeah. steals the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. Like, just him by himself. Just by himself, yeah. He steals them from ringside, 
Let's G.O.D. know that, hey, I got uh, I got your shit. G.O.D. won the match. Mm-hmm. And uh, he leaves. Uh, but while this is going on, and uh, I, I don't want to really bring it up, but I'm going to. Um, there's some ruckus at ringside. And because of the nature of what was going on, you don't really get to see much of it. But if you haven't heard by now, uh, the... The man formerly known as Enzo Amore and the other man formerly known as Big Cass in WWE apparently tried to infiltrate the G1 Supercard uh, under their own accord and start some shit with... Uh, I don't know why you would pick the Briscoes, of I, all people. Of all people, um, yeah. But they did, and uh, they got their asses handed to them, rightfully so. But uh, that was going on in the background after the match. Uh, the commentators do mention a little bit about it, but uh, Caprice Coleman says the best. Yeah, he, he says the best. <laughs> he, he put it. He put it to bed pretty quickly. He said it's just two guys who can't get on TV. So let you know, let's not even worry let's about move it. Move on. Um, but yeah, he he re- he made sure that uh, you know it, it was a, a case of two guys just trying to make a name for themselves, because clearly they don't have shit going on. And, uh, you know, two more, more, I think a lot of the blame is on them as opposed to anybody else. Right. So, uh, you know, they made, made their beds and, and they're lying in it now. I, I don't know, uh, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't, I don't know. I don't think this buys them any indie cred, no, to be honest with you. Not, not at all. Um, I don't see them like being booked because of this. Uh, I think if anything, it hurts their chances of being booked for people now. But uh, regardless, um, yeah, that actually happened, <laughs> and uh, it 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 uh, it was a, a shitty end to a, a match that should have been so much more. I, again, I don't. I mean, I get. I, I understand why Enzo and Cass do this because they're fucking morons, and and <laughs> that's that's really about it. But again, even if you're that dumb, it's like. It's like breaking into a po- the pound and go- kicking in the door of a fuck of the pit bulls. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really, you know, go after PCO. He's still out there. I mean, Jesus Christ, he he's so dumb. He wouldn't know what's going on. You know, you're gonna go after the Briscoes, man. Like that's this is kind of what they do. I mean, besides wrestling, like these boys are. You don't like I. I would t- tell you this right now. If I saw the Briscoes in a fucking bar, I wouldn't fucking look them the wrong way. No. Fuck that shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> I ain't trying to get my fucking ass beat like that. Fuck that. <laughs> I'd be wearing a fucking Briscoe shirt and they still beat my ass. Fuck that shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't need, really need any more mentioning. The Toriano situation kind of got overshadowed because of it, which, yeah. which is a bummer. It is a bummer. But, uh, you know, they... They did their best to try to mask it. There was a part of me that felt that it could have potentially been a work, but you made a really good point because I when I, the videos that I saw, uh, fan videos, security seemed really last on, on, on trying to get them to out of there. But you're right; they're not regular Joe Schmoes. These are actual former wrestlers. You know, you kind of let them, you handle them differently. You do, you know. So it, they got them out of there. You know, it, it's done and over with. Like I said, if it was a work, I, I really do think we would have seen different uh, different camera work for mm-hmm. the situation. And they were clearly trying to avoid showing them. Showing them, yeah. You know, at one point, they were just showing the, 
Titantron. The, like the Titantron or the giant TV screen. Right. And while the commentators talk, so. Yeah, because uh, where the commentators, where the camera, the hard cameras were for the commentators, you could see what's going on in the crowd. Yeah, and, in the background. And you can see, you know, Big Cass. He's a, you know, he's a big Cass because he's a big boy. He's seven feet tall. Then you can, you know, see him and Enzo with his dumb hair. and <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, I mean, Enzo Mori says he's done with professional wrestling, so stay the fuck out of it. Don't quit doing shit like this. Yeah. You know, because it's... Speaking of, uh, you know, quitting doing shit like this, uh, we move on to our next... Oh, okay. <laughs> we move on fair to enough, our, our next tag, uh, our next match. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., the defending British heavyweight champion. Yes. Taking on... Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who's that guy? <laughs> Who's that old man? Yeah. Um, go home. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, his, his theme song is Go Ace, you know, and I'm sitting here singing Go Home. Uh, uh, this, is, this is clever because that's that's kind of what we want out of Tanahashi yeah, now. It, what are you doing in America, man? man like, you, you, you hate us. Get yeah, out of here. And you know what? I, I wasn't even thinking about this until you brought it up. Yeah. But you bring up a really good point. Here you have Tanahashi, who basically, who pretty much breaks any confidence that Kenny Omega had in re-signing with New Japan. Right. Because he can't get over the fact that there's this gaijin, this foreigner, yeah. coming into something that, that he had a, a big hand in rebuilding right. from, from you know utter despair and, and wants, to, wants it to evolve and expand. And just because he doesn't want it done that way, he's got this huge problem with it, and apparently all foreigners. So Kenny Omega leaves to All Elite Wrestling, due in part to this, mm-hmm. uh, because he felt like he couldn't work in the same company as Hiroshi Tanahashi anymore. And uh, so now you have Hiroshi Tanahashi taking part in a New Japan show on American soil for uh, a non-Japanese championship. Yeah. The British heavyweight How championship. How the fuck does this work? You you brought it up. How the fuck does this work? I don't understand. If you've got such a problem with foreigners, why the fuck are you do, agreeing to do this show? Yeah. I don't get it. Like, are you... Oh, man. It, it is... Uh, Stay the fuck in Japan if, yeah. you don't want, if you want any part It's of fucking this. frustrating. It's so frustrating. I want to make this very clear. And I said this off 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 the air... I hate the fact that I can't stand Hiroshi Tanahashi. Because it's fucking Tanahashi, man. It's like <laughs> it's like people that, that tell me they don't like Ric Flair. And it's like, but it's Ric Flair. It's, it's the, he's the guy that created so much of what you love today. Tanahashi is that guy for Japan, Japanese wrestling, um, as far as the newer stuff. And it sucks that he's... Such a bitter old man now, because <laughs> he's, he's he's getting a, away. He's a fucking curmudgeon, man. Yeah, it, it, he just <laughs> he's getting away of progress and all. You know, he helped rebuild New Japan, and then he so he can take it and essentially just push its face in the water and drown it right there. He wanted, he was killing himself. It's like we can't no, we can't go any further. This is as far as we go. It's it's frustrating and it, and it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's okay. For Tanahashi to fight for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship, but God forbid a Canadian wrestles for the IWGP Heavyweight Title. 
you know, a guy that's put in the work, you know, that that's helped sell out the Tokyo Dome, that's helped that that's helped sell out Osaka Joe Hall. You know, it wasn't like it was just somebody, some guy <laughs> off the street. It's fucking Kenny Omega. And what that really is comes down to, for what it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of sour grapes. Yeah, and, and, sour grapes. And <laughs> for that, I, you know, fuck, fuck Tanahashi. Uh, the match itself was okay. And here's another thing, too, Tanahashi. You're not that entertaining anymore. You're yeah, old. You're all, oh, man. You know, after, after he fucking, uh, one of his matches... In the New Japan Cup. Yeah. He proceeds to... Because he was the main event that night. I forget which night it was. Okay. But he's the main event that night. He ends the show. He wins his match. And he proceeds to play air guitar with the crowd mm-hmm. for like close to 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. And the entire time, like, you could tell he's just out of fucking touch. Mm-hmm. So much so... To the point where he's he can't even air guitar correctly. Like, how the fuck do you fuck that up? It's not a, a hard riff to follow along to. You know? So it it just goes to show, like, dude, you're 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 becoming really irrelevant really quickly. Yeah. To people like Matt and myself. And if you There's a lot of us out there too. And if you don't want that to happen, and you want to be a part of the solution as, a, as opposed to part of the problem, I suggest you figure some shit out and reinvent yourself. Because this whole go-ace shit, it's done. You're, you're done. You're not the same guy that you used to be. You need to move on. Simple as that. He's at that point in his, his career where he needs to be more like a Yuji Nagata, you know, a Manabu Nakanishi... Yeah. Guys like that, he, he, you know? he needs to stop. He needs to sl- stop and slow it down. Or, or I, not that I'm, those guys are me, me, me saying those guys are disrespectful, but uh, more like a Juice and Thunder Liger. Yeah, no, he he Be well received, but you're not. This ain't this ain't for you no more, my man. Like yeah, it's, no, it's, it's over. It's over, and it's okay. You need to be okay with it. Um, the match is okay. It was, yeah. it lacked some chemistry. Um, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, matches are, are, they're only exciting to guys and girls that really appreciate that style of wrestling. You know what? You have now, to be a fan of that. Now that I think about it, the match where he air guitared afterwards, mm. I think it was against Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., Jr. Yeah. okay. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is a different breed, you know, and I, I appreciate his slow, you know, submission-style wrestling. Um, you know, like I said, this was just okay, an okay match. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. retains the title. Uh, he's still the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion. Match goes about 15 minutes, a little over 15 minutes. Um, but there's not really much to say beyond that. Um, moving along, we have the leader of LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, defending the IWGP Intercontinental Championship versus the Gold Star Kota Bushi. This right here, I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew Kota was going to win this one. I just had, well, I should say, I had the feeling Kota was going to win okay. this one. Um, which sucks for me because I'm a huge Naito fan. And, uh, all right. 
So we're watching Raw, and we were talking about Dean Ambrose not being on on WrestleMania in any point, in any in any aspect. He's being advertised the night after WrestleMania, final match in WWE against Bobby Lashley. So we'll see if there any shenanigans takes place there. <laughs> um, going back to Kota Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, Naito, uh, he lost to Kota Bushi in the New Japan Cup. And I just didn't want to see him drop again to Ibushi. I'm a huge Naito fan. I, I, I want to see him win that Intercontinental title or keep that Intercontinental title longer. However, they did make the mention of the fact that this is a gateway title for, for Naito. And it makes me wonder, and I'm going to talk about it two matches from now. Okay. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, man. Um. So I'll stick with just Naito and Ibushi. Naito and Ibushi, I'll tell you what right now. No matter, I love Ibushi too. So I'm not disappointed yeah, yeah. in Ibushi winning yeah, no. the title. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, Ibushi was the title. <laughs> <laughs> Those, These two right, right here, at some point in 2019, I want to see them go a third time. I don't even, it could be in the, even in the G1. Because these two have impressed me. Each time that they're in the ring, the the level of 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 one upsmanship, it's like every single move is escalated from the from from each one, and it's amazing because it's like how does two people after being gassed out the way that they have been gassed out, how in the hell are they still doing these these level of moves? And it's it's absolutely amazing, and uh, the amount of stamina that Naito. And Anabushi has, and you know, it brings me back to the shit that Omega said about about the Japanese wrestlers, you know, not having stamina and all that shit. Like, I don't know if he's watching Naito now. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> Naito can fucking go, and and he can hang with a guy like Abushi. Um, absolutely amazing match. I I one of my favorite matches of the night, and um, there's not you know there's so much I can I could talk about it, but it was just. It was a little disappointing to see Naito lose, even though I have my my things I got to say later. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Get yourself uh, either a Ring of Honor, Honor Club subscription through them, or um, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW mm-hmm. for a New Japan subscription. You have to watch this match and pay attention there's a, a, a point in the match where Ibushi does a hurinkanranya um, off the, the apron, apron yeah. in midair. Uh, that's the best I can fucking explain. I've never seen anything like that before in my All one life. motion. All one motion. All one motion. It was fucking crazy. You want to talk about, like, killing people. Like, I, I, was, I was fearing for fucking uh, Tetsuya's fucking head, dude. So real quick here, I, I want to make this point. We're, we're going to talk about WrestleMania in a future episode, in another episode. Actually, spoiler alert: we're going to talk about WrestleMania in our next episode. But <laughs> but here's here's the thing: some uh, a friend of mine pointed out a fact a, a match between two cruiserweights, and and she felt that they were it was too much of setting up. It was too much setup time of where. You know they're really helping each other out, setting up the moves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and is wrestling. And she asked me like, is, is that basically if that's a normal thing? The answer is no. It's not supposed to be. Right. You know. Well, I mean, even if it is, you're not supposed to be able to figure that. You're out. You're not able to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it, it's 
It is it it is an art. Naito and Abushi is a perfect example to why that's not supposed to happen. Because that is one motion. That is one motion from, from the beginning. Naito's at a standstill. Yeah. And then out of nowhere he's gotta do a fucking flip from the apron to the floor <laughs> while Bushi's doing his thing. I mean that right there is is mind boggling how that's done. And that right that's it's it's chemistry, that's talent, it's all the above. So uh, to the person that asked me that, that's right there. Do what Joe says. Get yourself a subscription, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and watch that match though, because you get you get so much of that. It was there was so much of, of that throughout the entire match where it was just even when they were they were posing as tired, you snap the finger and they would do a move, and it was like where the fuck did that come from? And it's, it was it's, it's mind-boggling how it was done. And that's why I would love to see it happen again. I don't need a fucking title involved or whatever, but I would yeah, love no. to see these guys go at it one more time before the year's out. Yeah, hopefully but, we do get to see them in the G1. Absolutely amazing match. It, it goes almost 21 minutes. One of my favorite matches of the night. Um, but my guy, Kota Bushi, IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Is this his first time as IC Champion? I I don't think so. No, I don't, so. I don't, no, think, I don't so. think so. Okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, he's now the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Congratulations to Bushi. Uh, the final um, two matches were for the the two companies that brought put the show together: Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling, their respective world titles. We start off with the Ring of Honor World Championship. Jay Lethal, who we have spoken so highly about, how important it was for him. For, for wrestling fans in general, to see him walk into Madison Square Garden as the Ring of Honor World Champion. He is the embodiment of what Ring of Honor is all about. So Jay Lethal is defending against Marty Scurll and against Matt Taven in a three-way ladder match. For the, for the title. For the title. The match goes almost half an hour. Oh, yeah. Like 30 seconds shy. Right. You and I uh, have talked about Matt Taven. Uh, spoiler here, Matt Taven wins and is now the new Ring of Honor World Champion. Yes. Um, you and I have talked about Matt Taven in previous episodes, and uh, it's it really seems like over the, the previous months, he has really come into his own. And you and I were talking about that, and you had mentioned... That uh, you know, a lot of this might have to do with the fact that he went on excursion to CMLL mm-hmm. and has been tearing it up out there, and has had, you know, has been wildly successful for that promotion. And then to to be able to come back to Ring of Honor and still be a part of the kingdom and still still take that success and run with it. I know yeah. a lot of people. Uh, like Marty Skrull. I do too. I do too, yeah. But uh, to me, he is not the same Marty Skrull he was a year ago. And while that usually is a good thing with someone like him, Mm. to me, he's not not wrestling to his best potential. I have my theory on that, unfortunately. I don't think he wants to be here. I think it's yeah, very clear. Yeah, and yeah, you're probably right about that. Which um, is which is which is shitty on his part. He signed the fucking contract extension. Yeah. But let's face facts. The elite are in AEW 
and Marty Skrull is in Ring of Honor. I I don't think that's something he wants. No, and and I mean, and now you know now after he signed the extension, so and if I'm not mistaken, he's he's there through like August. Is it through August? I believe through August. Okay. So he he's got. He's you better still suck got, it up yeah, then. He's, uh, he I don't think he becomes a free agent to anyone until September. Better get your shit together, then, Marty. <laughs> But yeah, going into this match, I I felt that he was the weakest out of the three. Yeah, I, I agree. Just because of the way he's been performing, and it sucks because I, I think uh, had he uh, approached the match with a, a little more um, hunger, I think he would have had a completely different match on hands. And I and I you know I really do think they are trying their best. Them them being Ring of Honor. They're trying everything in their power to make it uh, make the situation juicy enough to where he'll want to resign after that extension's up. But I really don't think he will. So I'm gonna jump on Matt Taven right here because I've been one of his toughest critics for a number of years now. Fair to say, right? Yes. I remember going seeing Matt Taven at a Ring of Honor show live, and he's doing his spiel on Matt Taven. And somebody, somebody in the crowd gets in his face, and he's like, he's like, I'm Matt Taven, and, and then the guy yells at him, and there's nothing special about you. <laughs> and Matt, the look on Taven's face was just like, I don't even know what to say to that. And he just leaves. <laughs> he, he does. Just, he, just, he just fucking leaves. <laughs> That's the way I felt about Matt Taven for so long. There's just nothing special about him. The character, the gimmick... I, I can get behind all the time. I mean, he's a egotistical, very loud, brash heel character. But when he stepped into that ring, I just, I, I, I just didn't get it. I didn't see it. I don't know. I mean, it's cool to to have you know see think highly of yourself, but I'm like, man, like you're mid Carter at best. <clears throat> I saw him team with Volador Junior last year and I was like man I wish Matt Taven would bring this type of wrestling into Ring of Honor because if he did that I can get behind him and Matt Taven slowly started bringing that style of wrestling and a mixture of what he already did and put it together into his own style which you can catch on the Pluto TV app, which is free. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, CMLL has their own channel. It's just nonstop CMLL. Nonstop CMLL, man. You got to love Pluto TV. And then something happened last month, the 17th anniversary show. He goes one-on-one against Jay Lethal. Winner, winner of this match is going to go on to Madison Square Garden and, and be the defending champion. And they go an hour. Yeah. They go an hour. It's a draw. Oh, my God. I was... I'm watching this match, and I'm just like, he's Matt Taven. You know? Like, (laughs) I'm doing his line for him. I was so impressed by what I saw. Because you were hanging with Jay Lethal. You are hanging with one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I was just like, if, if he can give me a fraction of that every single time... I'm a Matt Taven fan. Yeah. And I was rooting for Jay Lethal in this in this in this in this match. Matt Taven wins it. I'm telling you right now, I was 
beyond happy to see Matt Taven as new champion because it's he's ready. He's ready to carry the company. He's ready to do it. He's already he's always been ready with the character, but now he's ready to do it as a as the wrestler because this is a wrestling company. This ain't WWE and all that bullshit. This is a wrestling company, and he's ready to do that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what the future holds for Ring of Honor and Matt Taven. Man, Hell of a match, too. R- Ring of Honor has a way of doing that, though, don't they? You know, absolutely. Where they just, you know, the, you get all the elite guys leaving. And, you know, people think, oh, they're going to be in trouble. No, they're not. They never are. No. They somehow pull they, they pull themselves up by the bootstraps and uh, they they make it work. And, uh, you know, having Matt Taven arrive here now in this moment, it kind of doesn't surprise me because that's what Ring of Honor does. Yeah. Um, whatever it took for Matt Taven to get to where he's at, man, I'm glad it happened because... For me, he has been that guy who's had so much fucking potential, but there was just something lacking. So maybe it was the excursion over in CMLL. Yeah, maybe. Know? But whatever it was, I'm, I'm glad it happened. And you're Absolutely. right. He, he, he is He's ready. He's ready for that title. He's ready to be the, the face of the company. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I look forward to, to what the future holds. And, um, you know, I, I, I do hope that he breaks away from the kingdom. Yeah, I, man. I, do, you know. I, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, just, those guys—they just—we we've had that conversation yeah, before, you know. Yeah, it's just—it just—it doesn't. They stick out like it, a sore thumb. It doesn't compliment Matt Taven. No, you know, especially now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like I'm watching these commercials for LeBron James and like the, the people that he grew up with. Like you have like this great player, and like these scrubs. <laughs> you know, like that's. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that shit. Like LeBron James, one of the best players of all time. Uh, I'm not getting that debate, but yeah, one of the best don't. players of all time. And then these guys, these guys, also from Ohio. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. Like, well, how is that entertaining? And that's what the kingdom is for me. It's like it's Matt Taven and these other two dudes. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. I swear, I'm having technical difficulties throughout the entire entire recording of this <laughs> oh man um anyways we're still we're still going strong though uh main event time main event time is Kazuchika Okada the winner of the New Japan Cup taking on or challenging I should say the reigning defending IWGP heavyweight champion Switchblade Jay White the rivalry continues, and uh, I'll spoil it right now. Kazuchika Okada is now a five-time IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and I have my problems with that. Yeah, um, so you and I were talking before we started recording, and I, I really do, I'm going to stand by what I said before. I, I, I feel the same way. I think the reason... The cutthroat era got cut short, is because of this show. Of yeah. The, of, because of the MSG. The MSG show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, not because of twenty by twenty crew. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Jay White. No. Um, Just kidding. You know, the, uh, both Gato and Jado, who book for New Japan. Yes. They. I have very little issue with their booking mm-hmm. because they 99% of the time they get it right. 
And I think, uh, unfortunately, I think they were kind of pressured into making this show as big as as technically possible. Yes. And I think that's why Jay White lost the title um, to Okada at that show. and Because uh, now you have not only the title being defended at Madison Square Garden for the first time in, uh, you know, how many ever years, but... Now you have a title change there. Yes. And I, I think that's all it was, um, unfortunately for Jay White. But saying that now, there's two questions. So do they? Do we see Jay White regain it soon uh, yeah. as part of the next part of the tour? Yeah. Or uh, do, do we see jay white enter the g1 and become part of the g1 and that's how he regains his his title shot and so we have to wait to wrestle kingdom and yeah and then we would have to wait to wrestle kingdom so uh and it, it makes for a very interesting uh situation here now because yeah. we have tetsuya naito who has who is no longer your iwgp intercontinental champion and he's now on the horizon for What's what is seemingly going to become a world title run? Right. So I, those those questions are going to loom all fucking year until we see something concrete. And the way they book, man, just when you think you figure it out, you don't. You, 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 you have you have right. no fucking yeah. idea. So I agree. I agree with the the MSG situation and why Okada won the title because I made the point before we started recording. Okada's one of those those all he's gonna go down as one of the all time greats, mm-hmm. and the all time greats you always have those, you know I beat I, I won against I, I beat them all and I lost against them all kind of thing, but there seems to be that one guy almost every single time that they can't seem to conquer or it takes them forever to conquer, you know for the Undertaker, it's Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. you know I mean I mean Brock Lesnar's the guy that broke the streak. You know, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> but even even during Brock Lesnar's first run with the WWE, the Undertaker still will lose every time to Brock Lesnar. You know, Hell in the Cell, he lost to him and all that stuff. <clears throat> you know, it's 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 always there always seems to be that one guy they can't beat. And for Okada, it was shaping up to be Jay White. We saw it happen at the G One, in which brought Jay White out of, out of his show, and then. It happened at Wrestle Kingdom, and now J.J. White's champion. It would have been a great time to do it one more time, at least one more time. Uh, Okada gets so close, so close to beating Jay White, and then Jay White, whether it's clean or some bullshit shenanigans featuring Gato, <laughs> gets the win, and Okada can't seem to conquer Jay White, and then we do it again, whether it's at Dominion. Or whether we do it at Wrestle Kingdom the following year, because he has to go through G one again or whatever. However, they got to do it. I, I trust their 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 booking as well. I just really love that hero's quest. You yeah. Know, that I you know I'm going to beat this guy. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. You know, this was it. I was so close. I tasted victory. Now I'm hungry. You know, and and then you see that you see that rise. You know, and let's let's also face facts too. Okada was just champion 
You know, he hasn't been a year yet since he's lost that belt. Right. And prior to that, it was 700-plus days of being champion. Like, I'm not quite ready to see Okada as champion again either. And I love Kazuchika Okada. Um, but then it brings up to the point that I wanted to bring up with Naito. Because like you, like you alluded to, Naito's been on that quest for years now. For years he's been on that quest. And it seems that every time that he gets on this quest... It leads him back to Kazuchika Okada. Kazuchika Okada is the guy that he can't conquer. And maybe that's where they're going with. And like you said, it could very well be it. But then again, it may not be because they're really good at, <laughs> at doing stuff like that. But it's it leads to some really interesting questions throughout the year. Because now Naito's not one of those guys that's going to fight for the Intercontinental title again. I, or he might fight Ibushi again, but he's not going to win the title. I doubt he's gonna win. He's gonna even challenge for that title again. You uh, you brought up you brought up an interesting point uh, off the air mm-hmm. with uh, Jay White, and um, you said you would you would have liked to have seen him enter the G one as champ and and go go through the G one as champion. Um, don't you think now that he doesn't have the title, it just like. I'm assuming he's going to be a part of the G1, uh, whether yeah. they want him to or not. But I'm assuming that too. Yeah. Also, uh, don't you think now it just makes him hungrier? Yeah. And and more capable of that uh, chaos, no pun intended. Right. That you wanted him to stir up during the tournament. Right. Yeah. It could, I mean, yeah. It, it, this isn't a this isn't necessarily a loss for the wrestling fans. I mean, again, we're talking about Kazuchika Okada for one. I mean, right. We're talking about one of the all time best. I, I, it's not. I'm not upset that Okada is champion by any means. I love the guy. I love watching him work. Better than Tanahashi. Better than Tanahashi. <laughs> because he allows you on his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> guy, um, guy didn't or otherwise. Guy didn't or otherwise. Um, I just felt Jay White was stripped too too soon. He just had it. Yeah. He just got the title, man. It was like, small small cutthroat over there. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's unfortunate. It, it 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 that part's unfortunate. I mean, it's just it, it leads to an interesting scenario because right now you have three. You have Kazuchika Okada, who's obviously in the mix. Jay White, who's the former champion, he's obviously in the mix. And right now, Tetsuya Naito may not necessarily be in the talk, but he's Tetsuya Tetsuya Naito. He's obviously going to be in the mix. At least you wonder like. Where do we go from here? That's where I, that's where I think we're going. I think I think Jay White's going to take it personal mm-hmm. and and basically say something to the effect of like, "You think it was cutthroat era before? Now, now watch, watch yeah. what I do." So hopefully that it it allows them to elevate him to just like ultra heel status, and he becomes that guy. I would love to see see this what like what this happens and losing that title is him running through. The entire roster at this point, whether it's clean or not, right? And a lot of it probably won't be clean because <laughs> it is cutthroat. It is bullet club. Yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, this this would be a good time to really establish Jay White as the most hated guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's, you know, he's ready for it. Yeah, he's, he's shown that already. <laughs> but that is the G One Supercard. Uh, overall, what did the day? They made history. Did they do enough to say, hey, we deserve to be back? I think so. I, I think the numbers are hard to argue with. Mm. 
and and I think we knew that going into yes. into the event. Um, you know, there was a lot of dirt cheap reporting about uh, actual you know uh, gate sales and and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it was an it was a success. Yeah, it was a monetary success for the both companies, and um, you know I, I I know Kevin Kelly had remarked about all the new subscribers to to the New Japan uh, World streaming service. Nice. So <clears throat> it's 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 a success. Yes. And and that's what it needed to be in order to be even thought of for future shows there. Right. Um, you know, earlier you mentioned that there's a possibility that CMLL will be headlining AAA. the show. Or I'm sorry, Triple A. Yeah, Triple A. Um either way, something non WWE. Right, you know? right. So uh, yeah, I ha- I have hope now. I have hope that we we're gonna get to see, um, such a legendary venue mm-hmm. open itself up to actual pro wrestling again. And, and again, wh- why wouldn't you? Because WrestleMania weekend happened, and 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 everybody, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, we were obviously fighting illness. We we still are. You can hear it in my voice for sure. Uh, if you don't hear it in Joe's as well. Um, but uh, there was a plethora of wrestling companies that were out there that weekend, you know, starting from Tuesday on. And had this show not happened, Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, would have been quiet. Yeah. Nothing going on. Nothing. And that's a shame because this right here is one of the biggest wrestling venues in the world, not not in size, of course, it's not as big as MetLife Stadium, but as far as prestige, it doesn't get any bigger than than Madison Square Garden. I mean, you listen to some of the the remarks that the Japanese wrestlers had. This is a big deal for them too. Yeah, Juice and Thunder Liger to be in, in the in the Garden. Yeah. Oh my God, you know, thirty years and he finally got it. He finally got there. I mean, it's. <clears throat> This is a big deal, and I would hope that whoever is booking shows for Madison Square Garden remembers this night and the success of the G1 Supercard and future bookings of other non-WWE shows. Or, at the very least, put themselves out there even more, and, 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 and maybe WWE starts realizing that there's still... There's still money to be made at the Garden. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Barclays is great, and everybody likes the newer shit, but the Garden has so much history. And for diehard wrestling fans, like New Japan fans, like Ring of Honor fans, I, I guarantee you they take the Garden over Barclays any fucking day of the week. Any day of the week. And they'd pay any price yeah. to fucking do it. <laughs> because I was willing to pay any price to go to fucking New York. They were just sold out. Yeah. So... Um, for for me, it's a success. You know, we can talk about some things we didn't like and this and that, and that's fine. But that's just an opinion of of two diehard wrestling fans. But at the end of the day, was it a success? You better fucking believe it was. Yeah, it was an absolute success. It was a very proud moment to watch it, uh, watch it live as it happened, and to see that that crowd, to see all of that take place live. It was just great, and uh, I, I I hope I hope. That there's uh we get to see a G one supercar too or at least an equivalent in the very near future. Absolutely. Uh that's gonna do it for this episode. 
Um, I gotta heal this voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 been it's <laughs> been great getting back in the saddle. Yes, but uh, yeah, man, we we need to <laughs> we need to just get rid of the fucking flu. Us old guys, we gotta we gotta get our rest. <laughs> um, really quick, you can always catch us on social media: facebook.com slash twenty x twenty crew is our official Facebook page. Uh, come talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. Uh, we're available on Twitter, twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Also on Instagram, instagram.com slash 20x20crew. You can email us, 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being. And, uh, of course, our... Um, our YouTube channel, always. Yeah. Take the time to subscribe uh, where we have the following contest, which is fantasy booking. Matt and I fantasy book uh, matches that we would like to see, uh, whether they happened uh, or not. And uh, you can do that over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube, all one word. And then, of course, our home on the web is 20x20crew.com, where you'll find... Um, all of our past episodes and uh, useful links and uh, the whole nine. So uh, this has been uh, one hell of a show. Uh, thank you again for getting back in the saddle with me. And uh, I have been Joe. He has been Matt. And until next time, we, we will, will see you in the, the ring. ring.